Hello, loyal listeners of Rage Against the Mainstream. This is Bill. I'm coming at you this Saturday with another interview with Richard from Italian rock duo Radius. Uh, really cool conversation with this guy. I had a blast. Uh, check out their song, uh, Give It To Me, at the end of the episode. And, uh, yeah. So without further ado, here you go. Welcoming to Rage Against the Mainstream podcast the first time, our new friend, Richard Dillon Ponty from Irradius. How you doing today, man? I'm doing okay, Bill. How are you doing? I can't complain at all. I mean, I don't know how things are in Italy uh, due to, you know, the pandemic and everything that's going on, but I think we're kind of on, you know, like the, I think we're kind of like, you know, on the downstroke of this whole thing now. Yeah, well, I mean, here in Italy, um, well, today it's actually a very sunny day. Uh, it seems like people are going out more a little bit. But the thing is that uh, we do have a rising um, increase of numbers here in Italy, so people are starting to get worried because next week the schools are going are to start and people are already predicting people, I mean, staying home. Oh, you wow. can't even drink beverages on public, um, on public, you know, grounds anymore. Like, you can't have a cup of wine outside on the streets of a sense of Verona. And I mean, you know, Romeo and Juliet, a lot of tourists are doing it now and it's illegal to do it now. Oh, wow. The pandemic. Yeah. That's they arrested crazy. a guy the other day. I remember. Yeah. I mean, probably the closest thing I've gotten to, you know, talking to anybody from Italy was probably like Paul Bartolome from, uh, I yeah. think he's from London and, uh, hmm. Like it's, it's, it's just crazy all over the place. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it's definitely not to the point where you can't drink a beverage outside, but you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's just wild. I mean, no one could have yeah, ever no, predicted this. I mean, I mean, Italy was the peak. That was the thing. It was one of the first countries, uh, to actually like acknowledge the problem and see the rising increase of numbers. So, I mean, it's uh, it's a miracle that when we did the lockdown, the numbers actually went down like incredibly oh yeah but there are still like the last weekend i think down in rome they did a manifestation of people that are called in italy they're called negazionisti and there are people that like completely say no none of this is real you know the oh god COVID doesn't exist and they were like burning the 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 face masks in the in the city center and you're like what the f- is happening oh <laughs> jesus christ dude that's that's fucking nuts yeah 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 but up here in verona i mean we're still a little bit more logical but down in the south i mean they're gone nuts oh yeah well i mean you guys definitely got hit the hardest i think with everything yeah especially in the very beginning i mean uh, i mean i don't know but on to brighter things because i feel like this has just been like the narrative for like the for basically this whole year it's just been doom and gloom (laughs) and Exactly. Was it was it like January yesterday? I can't remember now. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck happened to all like spring? Where was that? I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just wild. Yeah. But uh, I guess to get on to brighter things, I definitely want to start talking about a radius one hundred percent. So I guess to kind of give this thing a start, for those listening that may not know who you are, uh Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and uh, what do you do? So practically me and my bandmate, we're like, Iradius is a two-piece. It's uh, bass and drums. That's it. Um, A little bit like Royal Blood. That's where we actually got our inspiration because 
at the beginning, me and my this this drummer of mine, we've been um, like playing together. I don't know for like six, seven years, but like at the beginning was a like cover band. Okay. Oh rock wow. And roll, rockabilly blues cover band. No? And they were like, I'm a little bit fed up of this. Let's do a rock band. And we did a four-piece classical rock band, but the two of them bailed out, and I was actually getting into Royal, Royal Blood in that moment. And I was like, can I can I do this with the, with the bass? And then I actually managed to do that. And <laughs> that was like three years ago, and now we've, we keep on going and releasing new singles because just like being, being a two-piece, the creative process is much, much faster. Oh, that's so, I mean, awesome. Uh, we're dishing out every... I don't know a lot of singles, and um, we're gonna keep on going because that's what what's we're gonna what we're gonna do with the flow, even though we can't play live. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. definitely being uh, definitely being part of the CB Entertainment family now. Uh, yeah. Chris is real great, and you know he's um, you oh, know he's been amazing. Yeah, he's all about releasing the singles, man, and keeping active. Absolutely, yeah. So. I guess before we start getting into everything, so you're originally from the UK, right? Yeah. So actually, yeah. So how did you? How what made you go to Italy? So practically, that is actually um, just like um, I'm. I'm. I'm not even British. That's the thing. So uh, <laughs> I, my bloodline is from Portugal, and okay. um, and my family was an immigrant in in, in England immigrant family and then my mother got um i mean um, remarried to an italian and then we we came down to verona oh and, wow um, so i lived 11 no 10 years in london and then 16 years i think yeah 16 years here in italy so um yeah i did the whole process of you know uh, the school system and everything but i was still focused on music that was actually it, it, it was born in in london and I actually frequently, like uh, lately, got in touch with another part of my family that lives in, in Bruxelles. And uh, they're like big musicians. I mean, one of those guys is like a, a, a musician a musician that did um, an album in like the 70s. Oh, wow. And it was like incredible because we did, we did a tour up in, the, um, in France, Belgium and Holland. And so we got to see them and it was like real rad because we got to do a couple of gigs with them. And yeah, so I um, mean... Yeah. Circle, it all comes around. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess before we start getting into, you know, like your backstory and everything. Yeah. How how did you guys uh, manage to, like, kind of break into the, you know, American market with your music? Oh, yeah. So, practically, the thing is that that was already original idea. When we started the project, we were like, okay. I'm going to be singing in English. In Italy, that's not going to work. I mean, we already knew it was not going to work. So we said, okay, maybe we can do it with a little bit of, um, you know, you know, UK contacts and everything. But I already thought, you know, the UK musically, it has a lot of offers, but little demand. So, I mean, the market is like incre incredibly competitive. Oh, yeah. So it's very, very unlikely that from Italy we go to the UK. But if we get a situation like the UK, bigger, that is America, we was like, yeah, that could be a good place to like start and in saying we want to go there, we want to be international. And uh, so that's why we got in contact with CB Entertainment and Chris has been real helpful in doing that. And we're helpfully starting to build up our fan base up in, uh, in America to then like if the pandemic finishes, come over next year. That's cool. Question mark. That's the thing. 
We're going to start back at the very beginning here. What yeah. got you into music? I know you said you came from a musical family, but yeah. like, what was that? What was that defining moment? The defining moment of when I actually so I started playing piano when I was like four years old. Oh, okay. And um, and I did that for six years, and I was, I mean, it's not just in Italian. It's like it, it's a, it means um, tirare l'acqua al proprio mulino. That means practically throwing water at your own windmill. Okay. But I was pretty good at it. I mean, <laughs> I really liked the music. And the thing is that at that time, um, nobody in the family was a musician and never heard of music. So I was the only one and I was actually good at it. Then came to Italy and uh, I kind of get got fed up of playing the piano because in that age group, um, there were few genres of songs that I liked that had a piano or organ. Like I would go with Deep Purple. Oh, okay. Dream theater, and then you're like, okay, what else do I do? That's <laughs> so. I said, I want something like where I'm always there, but I can also not be. And so I said, the bass. The bass is cool. I hate guitar. Guitar is that like for me, I really, I really hate it. Okay, because <laughs> it's it's small. I I don't know where my fingers are big. I don't know where to put them. I just need the bass. It needs to be bigger. And so I said, okay, rhythmic part is bass and drums. So I got into contact with this um, searching for a drummer for a rockabilly cover band. And got into contact with this um, drummer that's called Eduardo. And he, um, he, we actually met and we didn't even know. We met like three months earlier because he was trying to sell me uh, upright bass. Oh, wow. You know, the big ones, because I was studying jazz at the, at the period. Oh, okay. So jazz at the Conservatory of Verona, but then, you know, work rise. It's, it was nearly impossible. <laughs> and um, so practically we met. I was saying, yeah, I need a drummer for the, this guitar, this rock and roll piece. And there was this other singer. And we did like gigs all around and we went around all around Italy. We went up the south and uh, then the guitarist went away and we got a new one. And I started singing. And that was the period in which I said, OK, this is a good situation. This is where I started doing music seriously because before it was like just training. Yeah. Oh yeah. Finding new situations. What genre do I like? What kind of things do I like to do? And I had these two projects. I had this project with this, you know, rock and metal thing where I could just like let out everything I need to let out with this drummer. And we finance this project and everything we have to do. So merch and everything and, you know, singles and video clips and everything. Every, all of that is financed by weddings and gigs in small venues here in Italy, in the north of Italy. That's pretty cool. So how how popular are you guys in Italy? I mean, I know you said earlier about, you know, singing in uh, singing in English. And, yeah. you know, like having that kind of being like a, uh, you know, like a, like a strike against you or whatever, but how, you know, how, what kind of crowds do you draw out there in Italy? So the thing is that here in Italy, there is a very small music scene for how much it seems, you know, Verona, it has, uh, the arena, you know what the arena is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a small version of the Colosseum. Yep. And they do like. Hella concerts in there, like Kiss came two years ago to a concert inside, you know, the arena. <laughs> and um, so you say, okay, like it's the capital of music, must have a good underground scene. 
No, it does not. <laughs> no, it does not. Because the thing is that everyone is into like classical and jazz studies, and that's okay. But then the scene is, and mind me if I maybe speak a little bit too openly, but Verona is a very, very righteous kind of city. Okay. okay. This means that music for them is like something that has to be abolished. Was... And there's very, very small gigs. I mean, you can't even play in the streets. Oh, wow. In the center, you can't even put down a hat and say, I'm going to play here because the people don't like that. So you have to find there are like three, four venues. You have to have friends, have to be friends with them. We are friends with the, the main venue that's here in Verona just opened that is like crazy big and do like a re- they did. I don't know if you know what the, the band Vader is. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Vader. They did them yesterday. They were here in Verona. Oh, wow. Gig. Yeah. So, I mean, they're doing pretty great. And uh, I think I'm going to go out afterwards there. And it's a really big venue. And I mean, um, so the scene is not very big, but we managed to gather, like, for example, when we did the first concert after the pandemic. So there was a lockdown here in Italy from uh, March to um, June. June, yes, March to June, lockdown, complete lockdown. You couldn't get out of the streets and you couldn't play concerts. So practically the first concert that we managed to do was in July. It was the 13th of July. It was the first concert in Northern Italy to be recorded. And it was, um, I had a limit of 80 people in the room and we booked for 150. Oh, wow. So that's the crowd that we got out partially because it was the first time we were playing in our city for a long time. We tend to play in our city like once every year, possibly. So that, I mean, everyone comes to that venue and for the rest of the year we go around like Europe. Yeah, kind of build up the demand. Yeah, exactly. We follow the demand. But then when we do it in Verona, we try to do one gig, big gig and like big announcements and all things outside. So everyone comes there. So here in Verona, we can get 150, 200 people if it's a good night. That's awesome. Yeah. So it seems like you guys like a very like DIY type thing yeah absolutely everything is diy everything that's just incredible has he he built he needed some new sounds so he built this kind of stack two stacks okay and they have a unique sound kind of like a china and they're just like two splashes one on each other and he just built this kind of i don't know giraffe thingy (laughs) look-alike to put his symbols in the right position i was like is that MacGyver that and uh you know <laughs> so yeah it's a DIY and with the with the pedals I mean when I went to explore the sounds because I was trying to find a way to you know split the bass with the guitar and being still full of of loudness at the venue I actually have three amps oh I wow one amp one amp for the bass signal and uh and that's it and that's just for the bass that I can trigger on and off um, and then I have the guitar line that has, you know, a couple of effects and goes A, B into left and right, another bass amp that is smaller and another bass amp that is smaller. That's three amps. Oh, wow. So it's like five instruments in a two piece. That's why when we sell ourselves here in Italy, we say, you know, you buy five, you know, two piece. It's a five piece, but you pay for two, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Because yeah. 
So yeah, it's a DIY situation. With being a two-piece band, how does the songwriting process work, and how do you get it to sound so wide and open, and you know, like it is, you know, like a three, four, five-piece band? Okay. So mainly the thing is the effects do like the um, sound-wise, they do a lot. Okay. But then in the writing process, we're kind of limited because it's a two-piece, right? Yeah. So I put down a nasty riff or he just gives me a beat and I try to put something down on it. Uh, we both come up with the lyrics. We like generally say what we want to say in this kind of song. And well, at the beginning, we would just like dish out songs and dish out songs. So like we really had like songs that were like four or five minutes long. And I don't know, they really like we enjoyed playing them. But listening to them was a different thing. So, because it was so long. So I said, why don't we just like build a skeleton of the song? Then we had this external two-piece production studio that's here in Verona. They're a dear friend of ours. They did the first album and uh, they're doing now the second with the singles. We would bring up there. We we gave them like 35 ideas. Send them all to them. And they said, okay, these seven ideas. Okay. (laughs) We did the rehearsals. We went up, we constructed the rest of the songs, and we came up with the seven songs that we are now gradually releasing in time. And uh, that was so we did the skeletons, and they would say, okay, here you put this, here this sounds better like this. You know, the melody, I would change it here to put this over there, and, you know, choruses here, and, you know, a really good synth over here because it sounds cool and I don't care. And, you know, those kind of things. That's awesome. So, so that's, that's the writing process. That's awesome. So you do so you do kind of uh, employ those uh, piano techniques and learnings that you yeah. that you had learned from years Absolutely. prior. I don't do them myself. We have a friend of ours that does <laughs> do them. But I kind of tell them what I want to hear. Hey, that's <laughs> so cool, it's man. Like 50% my, you know, ideas. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We have a an excellent collaborator that is um, called um, Stantony and he's a pianist here in Verona and he collaborated in three and four songs in this production um, studio and he's a really rad like synth player, piano player and I mean, he has some crazy ideas. I don't know if you ever heard of Wolfpack but I don't know, he has uh, that kind of vibe. I'm gonna, no, I, I, I haven't, uh, haven't heard of him but I'm going to have to look him up. Yeah, look him up. Wolfpack with a V. Okay. That is that is like the funkiest thing you've ever heard in your life. And that's also <laughs> what we try to tend to go towards. Like, okay, we want to get our music out and we want to get our anger out and we do like angry thing, angry things. But then, you know, we want also want to shake some booty. Oh, so, hell yeah. Well, yeah. So why don't you just lay down? In fact, what we're doing now is that we have seven songs and all the seven songs sound all different. And we started putting out the songs that th- sounded lighter because, you know, it was summer. People were in the in the house. They needed to cheer up. And we did those songs. But now the winter is going to start to come. And we're going to go into heavier stuff. And people are going to say, oh, but I mean, they were doing like really, really light stuff. And now they go back to heavy stuff. <laughs> and that's where we're going to go. We want to just go up funky and metal at the same time. Nice. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, and that's why we keep wide. That's that's why the vision that we want to keep is wide. As many collaborators, as many ideas that you can to get out. And that's why we're like doing a lot of collaborations here in the area. We also have an association of 
40 to 45 musicians starting to go into legal, you know, payments and all that kind of stuff and being a little bit more active in the economic part of the of, of Verona, we can say. Yeah. And plus, you know, at that point, um, you know, it becomes something that's, you know, that a whole area and a whole, you know, yeah. like, you know, a whole area is able to get behind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I, I don't know if, have, did you ever have a band? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, okay. I've had a few. <laughs> uh, I mean, when you were when you were like 14, 15, 16, and you were going into, I don't know, band contests, did you do those things? I, honestly, dude, around here, we didn't really have stuff like that. No? I, no. Um, I think we played one. We played a talent show, and uh, okay. they, they weren't impressed. Yeah, I mean, but do you remember? Do you remember? And from that moment, do you remember like the competition that was in the air? Oh yeah, with that age. Oh yeah, and that is the thing that's wrong. I mean, the thing that's why we try to do the opposite, because if we all like go against each other, we're just gonna create like these little divisions of music and little bands that just support the other friends of just their friends. Yeah. And instead, if we're all friends and we all collaborate together, when one actually has a little bit of success the others can take a little bit of credit from it and we get a whole movement going on that's why we all have to collaborate together and that's how you get a music scene more than the musician outside yeah you know and it's it's really cool you put it into terms like that and it does make a lot of sense you know i mean to an extent, you know, it's all about a community, and if you have people constantly going at each other's throats all the time, and, you know, like, I'm going to yeah. outdo this guy, and, oh, well, these guys yeah, suck, exactly. you know, yeah, exactly. the community's gone, and, and then, you know, at that point, there's really nothing that's going to draw anybody, because there's not, I mean, you know, a thing. There's a high percentage that any musician that you will see knows something that you don't know. Oh, yeah. Just... That's and they and you know something they don't know. So I mean, share it, make them together, and like build something together. That's the thing. That's that's the way to go. That's awesome. That that's. Yeah. I mean, I wish there was more. Uh, you know, I wish that was more of a normal thought process for a lot of other. <laughs> you know, for a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned royal blood earlier. Now. Yeah. I, I know that there's definitely more influences than just Royal Blood. So where do you guys oh. draw your influences from and, and who are some of your influences? So the main influences, well, the main influence, if I can, how can I say, praise the name that you have given to this podcast. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine is one of our main influences because we gather the i mean we try to take advantage of the power of riffs because we're a two-piece can't do crazy melody stuff oh yeah riffs and that's how what how like rage against the machine did their rhythmic section riffs and crazy stuff on top so that's what we try to do and uh, then we i have a very big influence from tool i'm an incredible big fan of tool Really happy they did the CD that they did. Oh yeah, but there there was some you know, the, there was a lot of people that didn't like it, and yeah, I was never really a giant Tool fan, but I've always like gotten into their music and uh, mm-hmm. Fear Inoculum. I I didn't mind it. 
Okay. No, no, I was like a gigantic Tool fan. I have a, a gigantic tattoo on my chest for Tool. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm that kind of crazy into them. But, I mean, that's the thing. Um, everyone has their favorite, you know, you can't touch my band kind of thing that's been with you since you were 14. And Tool's everyone that band has, for you. <laughs> yeah, and Tool's that band for me. And uh, then the drummer has a lot of funky influences because we actually can't, he can't actually comes from a very, very funky background. He did a lot of funk stuff. He studied three years and actually completed, no, six years, and actually completed his studies at the Jazz Conservatory of Mantua in Verona. Uh, oh, wow. He did a lot of collaborations in jazz orchestra. 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 Um, I'm not going to be able to say that today. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> big bands, jazz, big bands. Uh, he teaches drums. He has 30 students, even in this period. And he comes, he came from a funky background. And he's like Red Hot Chili Peppers or maybe, for example, Tower of Power or those kind of okay. funky stuff. And uh, so that's where he comes from. And so we said, oh, he said also Linkin Park was a little bit of an influence when he was 14 or 15. You know, he's, um, I think, four years or three years older than I am. Those first two right. Linkin Park albums that I mean, we talk yeah. about them every now and then on the show, and um, damn boy, yeah, that they're just they're just those I miss, albums. I missed I missed them completely. I mean, I I found out about those albums a year ago. Tops. Oh wow, like Hybrid Theory, Seriously. Meteora, man, they're they're two undeniable albums. Seriously, I don't know why in that period in that period I was listening to the counterpart of, if I can call it a part counterpart of the. Linkin Park, that was um, uh, Three Days Grace. Oh, okay, it? okay, yeah. Or Three Doors Down or something. I don't, I can't remember. Yeah, that whole, very, like, adult very alternative. Similar, very similar, yeah. And uh, I just completely missed Linkin Park. Just completely. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I stopped at the Transformers single in the end, and I'm like, okay, yeah, kind of cool, but, you know. Not really your bag. Know. Yeah, and then I found out Matera because, oh, because my drummer told me about Matera. We were driving to Romania, and he had the CD on. And do you believe, since we're a two-piece, we can go away and do 4,000 kilometers in the east with a Fiat Punto. I don't know if you know what a Fiat Punto is. I know I know what a Fiat, uh, Fiat is, but I don't know what the Punto is. It's a very small car. Okay. And, <laughs> and so, practically, so... Imagine the smallest car, the smallest American car you've seen. Okay. So, I mean, smaller, probably a Fiat. Smaller than that. Smaller than that. Okay. <laughs> and it's two of us in the front. Uh, one uh, girl, a cousin of ours that sometimes comes uh, comes and, uh, and assists in the tours or whoever's available at that moment. And all the gear, we did 4,000 kilometers with Linkin Park. And I was like, who are these guys? Why did I miss them? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I miss him completely? It was like, oh, how did you miss him? You know, and so that's another influence from his part, I can say. And it's kind of funny too that you missed the the Lincoln Park train. I mean, considering <laughs> like the rap rock thing, and you like, completely. yeah, you know, I don't know where I was. you like Rage Against I, the Machine, like you I know, was into Rage Against the Machine and Tool. Yeah, I was doing those two. Uh, I'm thinking about what I was listening to in that in those moments because I was playing a lot of guitar. I mean, can you believe I found out? about Tool from Guitar Hero, the PlayStation video game. Really? Yes. <laughs> I was like, there was three songs in the video, in, in the video game from Tool, and I was like, damn, these songs are good. I, I'm, I'm going to uh, download them from LimeWire and don't 
don't tell me you have never downloaded it from LimeWire. I can't. I can't confirm or deny. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to the whole discography of Tool, and that's where I was from sixteen to nineteen. That's awesome. That that's uh, that's like the other yeah. co-host I have on the show, Steve. Uh, yeah. His favorite band's Tool, and it's like the same exact thing. Like when I first met him, he had like a ten thousand days hoodie, and like he wore he wore that thing literally literally until it fell off his body. Steve, you are a legend. <laughs> this is dedicated to you. If you hear this, Steve, you're a legend. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> So you just got done talking about going uh, to Romania and everything. Yeah. What do you guys enjoy doing more? Like traveling to gigs, playing gigs, or being in the studio and writing stuff? Or Oh, okay. So if we have to put it down. So the thing is that me and my drummer, since we're a two-piece, it's very easy to organize ourselves. We don't even need a WhatsApp group. You know, kind of handy. Yeah. Just people in the process, in the organizing process. And we said, okay, what do we want to do with this project? What do we want to do with our lives? We have to make our sacrifices and say, okay, we have to take up a job that we can say goodbye to in whatever moment. And for his, him, it was teaching drums or anyway, move the schedule around. And I was te- I'm teaching English. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, I sell English courses in my English school. And the thing is, um, from there, we can take it wherever we want. We can plan our tours, and when we go out on tours, we try to hit always different spots. And when we go on the tours, we also bring a GoPro with us, and we go crazy with it. (laughs) So we love going around, even because going around, you meet new people, you meet new scenes, you get interested in what they're playing, because when you go around, you play with, you know, local bands, and so you get to understand what's, what's the music that's going around over there, talk with people, make friendships, and then you go back, have all those memories, and then you got all those in, uh, that inspiration that you got from the tour, and you just sit down and you write it. So I would say it's 50-50 for me. 50% touring is the best, and 50% studio is the best. Nice. Well, I mean, you yeah. can't really have one without the other, and yeah, vice yeah, versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we try to keep the flow going, because one feeds the other, that's the thing. That's awesome. Have you ever thought about taking those GoPro videos and making like a live music video or anything? Well, we actually do. If you go up on our our YouTube channel, we have all the videos of the vlogs that we did. We have two series, one in Romania and one in uh, Europe. Oh, wow. And you can see where we went, what we did, every band we played with in the end, and, you know, silly gimmicks that we did when we were in Holland. That's awesome. There we go. So... I guess where or what what's one of the coolest shows you guys have played so far? Oh, the release show that we did just now. The first one that we did uh, in a long time. Uh, was it cool was, because it's been so long or because it was really that cool? It was really that cool. The thing is that um, we've been friends with the ven- with the owner of the, this venue for a long time. And once he, he used to have the venue that was behind our house. Behind my house, I live in south of Verona, and it wasn't, acoustically, it wasn't a really nice venue. But a lot of people were going around there, and we supported them. We went there three, four times with the videos there, and and they kind of managed to elevate themselves and buy a place in East Verona that is like triple big, and they have a concert room, a rehearsal room, 
uh, a study room, a recording studio with three recording booths. Oh, wow. A school in there. They organize electronic festivals and art things in there. They have the bar and everything. They also like food and drinks and everything. So, I mean, they really elevated themselves. That's insane. That's awesome. And especially to be a part of something like that, like that's exactly. huge. Exactly. So that's where, that's where, uh, sorry, what was the original question I got? The coolest shows. So from that, oh yeah. So there in that place that is actually sponsored by Heineken, the, the whole place that had the green booth and everything. Oh wow. And we did the show there and it was like, it was nice to know it was a full sold out. It was 80 people there and there were 150 that had booked, but only 80 could come inside. And uh, and we got to say what we had to say about the situation. We were the first people to do it. Everyone was like, reluctant, like, oh, the first show, oh, it's going to suck and everything. We went, no, it's going to be fucking cool. Let's go. Let's do it. And let's release the old. I mean, we're still releasing all the singles digitally, but we said no. In the show, we're going to do them live. If you want to hear the new th stuff we're doing, come live. And you can see a preview of what's going to be released. And so it was really, really cool. And uh, yeah, it was the first show after three months and a half that I, like the last time I had did a concert in that year before June 13th was the 1st of January that we did a wedding. That's insane. Yeah. So how big are you in, how big are you guys in the whole wedding band community? Uh, quite big. The thing is that uh, this uh, project has been going on for six years now. This is a cover band thingy. And the first two years, we just, you know, I don't know if you know, uh, I don't know how to um, translate the word in Italian. It's called gavetta. That means to go around playing practically for free. Okay. Not oh, okay. Money. And going around, getting the word, no, we're there, you know, we're here and everything. There are very small venues here in Italy. So, you know, you do all, what you can. And then the guitarist changed and the whole mindset changed. And I said, okay, I want to do something bigger. And we prepared a, a whole three hour and a half set of 45 rockabilly swing and blues song that we propose to venues and weddings. And every year we have more or less between 10 and 20 weddings. Oh, wow. And with weddings, you can actually knock the price up. And from there... We give the guitarist his share, okay? He gets it and he does, and he transfers it to his skin because that's where his money goes into <laughs> tattoos uh, and um, and uh, not guitars, tattoos. And um, while instead of me and my drummer, since we're part of the same project, say, okay, that money, we're going to put it away and we're going to finance radios for, I don't know, video clip or touring or merchandise or whatever we have to do to get this boat rolling. Awesome. Yeah. The only reason I'm asking is because I, I can't imagine you guys playing like journey covers at a wedding. Oh, we actually <laughs> do those. Really? <laughs> oh, yes, you have no idea, man. I mean, that's part of the game. That's part of the game. I can't imagine doing an original project like what I do, what I managed to do with my drummer is quite a blessing because we managed to have a cover project. And we get along there and we're actually good friends. And we have also a metal project that's going in the same direction. So, I mean, if we're okay with what the other one is doing, there's trust there. Okay. Uh -huh. So practically we go on on that, on that way. That's, uh, that's the way it has to be. Yeah. I mean, 
that that's the main thing that I think a lot of people like missed or, you know, not missed, but just kind of look past is you have to, I mean, I mean, I guess you don't have to be, but it definitely helps if you're friends with the people you're in a band with. And absolutely. You, I mean, in like terms, at least the way I always thought of it was it's like when you're in a band, like it's like a family, you're like brothers. And yeah, if there's, if there's a weak link, then, you know, you don't have that kind of, you know, that, uh, I'm trying to think of the word here. Like you don't, it's not solid. Yeah. Well, funny thing is my girlfriend and his girlfriend our sisters. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it is kind of family. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. That relationship. Man, wouldn't that be something like, yeah, this is my brother. <laughs> yeah. You know, brother from another mother. We've been <laughs> friends for seven years now. Yeah. We play all. I don't know if you ever played D&D, but we're like super into it now in this period. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, how did you guys meet? We met out of the the cover band thing. So we actually managed to, I was looking for a drummer to do this project and uh, he came along. But three months earlier, he had tried to sell me, he actually succeeded in selling me an upright bass for my jazz conservatory studies that I didn't finish. And the thing is, I didn't finish them because it was, um, I, I developed tendonitis. Oh, wow. And it was because the upright bass was so shitty. <laughs> That's and then crazy. he said, I'm just going to give it out to him and never see him again. And then he said, oh, wait a second. Uh, you know, maybe I need a little bit of money from the cover band thingy. <laughs> and from there, we got to know each other and uh, we became best friends. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's that's so cool. So, I mean, you talked about Romania and, you know, Holland and stuff like that. Uh, where haven't you toured yet that you want to? So we haven't toured, and I have to do this, and I have to find a way to do this. Uh, one day will happen. Part of my family, you know, I mentioned to you that um, my original bloodline is Portuguese. Yes. Yeah. So part of my family is in Portugal, and I haven't seen them in like a decade, I think. I think it's a decade. So I said, we've done the East We've kind of done the center, a little bit more Germany and Austria I would like to do. Maybe Holland is okay. Uh, France, and skip France. Go to the, Spain. Spain and then Portugal. Those are the two places that I would like to try and do in Europe. Okay. Um, for now, avoiding London. <laughs> and then maybe do an American London kind of thing. That'd be awesome. Yeah, That'd be really cool. Where we're going. So you guys, you guys do the, the, the wedding band and stuff like that. And, you know, you play like rockabilly and all that other stuff. So when it comes to a radius is if you guys could cover any song for that particular project, what would it be? We actually did. We did cover a couple of songs. We covered, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, how it used to be. Oh, wow. Okay. We covered that song. We then also, because the thing is that there was a contest um, here in Verona. When we started playing live in Verona, we did, said, okay, we need to get a radius out on the streets. So we said that's, there was a lot of band contest kind of thingy 
uh, organized here in northern Italy, and we did all of them. In one year, we like enrolled in all of them, <laughs> all of the possible ones, and we went. And we said, okay, if this works out well, it means that the project, I mean, people like the project. And we ended up winning all of them, uh, minus one. And um, practically, one of the uh, the one we didn't win, uh, we had to do a cover in our repertoire. And it was uh, uh, What I Am by Eddie Brickett and the New Bohemians. Okay, I can't say I'm and familiar. Anyway, it's a song that was famous in the 70s, and it was like a whole seven-piece band. It was like, oh, how are we going to do this? So <laughs> I went the slap, the slap way, and we managed to do it. And that was the second one. And then we actually also managed to do, but we released it just on SoundCloud, a cover of Linkin Park. And the cover was, oh my God, why can't I remember anything today? I'll find it out for you. <laughs> Next question. Um, <laughs> all right. I'll, so I'll find it out and I'll tell you. Whenever you get it, you can interrupt me at any time. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess uh, what what's your guys' like dream tour lineup? Like if a promoter were to go like, hey, we're going to set you on a bill and carte blanche, pick whoever you want to be on this bill with you. Who, who would you guys Ooh. pick? Or who would you want to pick? Breaking the Habit, Linkin Park. Oh, okay. 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 Anyway, if we had, uh, so let me see if I got the question right. If we had the possibility to go on tour and set up our lineup and have whoever we want, what we would like to do? Yeah, dead or alive. Is that the question? A dead or alive? Any. Any. Oh, any. Are you saying, oh, okay. Let's keep it uh, like uh, like you and like maybe like three others. Because the thing is, I'm all here like thinking, you know, big projects. But I would like to be at the concert of a big project, not to play in it. <laughs> if I have to play something rad. So I wouldn't have Royal Blood because Royal Blood, I mean, we're copying them practically. So we can't have them there. Even though we would really like, like be an honor, but, you know, can't have them there. <laughs> um, Rage Against the Machine, of course. Oh, yeah. If it's possible. Uh, there's this new band. I can't remember what they're called. They opened for Alter Bridge here in Verona. Rising Fall. No, what is the... Oh, damn. Shinedown. Shinedown, okay. Shinedown. I heard those guys also... Dinosaur or something. Uh, damn it. They're, they're, they're gaining a lot of traction out here. Um, really? Oh, yeah. Uh... Damn it! What the hell are they called? I'm gonna go take. Wait, no, no, I gotta, I gotta go find it from Spotify. Isn't it like dinosaur mashup or something? It's something. Yeah, so, yeah, something. Yeah, I think. Di oh, dinosaur pile up. Oh, thank you very much. Mashup pile up. But we, we, we had the right. We had the right mind. It was. It was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I like those guys. So. I like those guys. Yeah, that that would actually be a pretty cool. That would be a pretty cool lineup. Absolutely. Nothing, nothing but thieves are doing some pretty good singles lately. Really? Yeah. I mean, they they're catchy. I'm actually, like I'm actually surprised you uh you guys wouldn't you know try to get on a bill with like the Black Keys and you know like uh, Arctic Monkeys oh. and stuff like that. 
I know because we're, I mean, the thing is that we tend to go heavier. We like to go a little bit more heavy. I mean, I like Arctic Monkeys, but I really just know one album and one mood. Oh, yeah. And with, what were the other ones? Uh, Black Keys. Oh, yeah, Black, Black Keys. Keys. They're legendary. You can't touch Black Keys. I have to go to the concert of Black Keys. I can't play at the concert of Black Keys. I'm not <laughs> have a good time. I mean, what am I doing there? You know, another two-piece yeah. band that's just really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So. Hire someone else. I want to be at the concert. so i got a couple more things here um one is uh do you have any advice or tips for anyone trying to get into the music industry at any level okay if you at any level want to go into the music industry you have to make some the thing is, and it will always be, we will always try to fight it, but it's it's always going to be there. It's a hard place to choose to go to, okay? People that go into the music industry are usually very sensitive people, people that, you know, have emotions because they do a job that is creative. These people, of course, have to dedicate everything they do to being a musician. Um, I recently went to this like seminar by very, by a very famous um, trombone player. He played for the arena, and he told me when I started to get business, it was gigging every night around the world. One day I was in Australia, the other day I was in Japan, the other day I was like that was that was the music industry, and uh, as a professional musician. And he told us it wouldn't. That's the path that I chose, because I could have just said. I'm 30, I'll put up a family. You can't do that if you're in the music industry and you want to get like incredibly big. That's the thing. I mean, um, tops to those like I am trying to do to uh, have a private life and a music life with each other. But if you look at the ones that actually make it, uh, they have music all around them. And that's all they do, nothing else. Mm-hmm. But So you have to have... I don't say you have to do that. You have to have that mindset. If you have that mindset, maybe you won't get to 100%, but you get to 30. I mean, for example, in my in my case, it's not like we're here trying to say, oh, we want to do something and become really, really, really big. Uh, of course, that is the main goal of it. But at the end of the road, I would be satisfied if in 15 years the generation of musicians that are coming up here in Verona would remember and mention us. Yeah, exactly. That is, that is, if I, that ever happens, I'm done. I'm done. That's okay for me. I mean, that's, that's, that's uh, everything I would ever like from it. So if you want to have this kind of thing, that's the kind of mindset you have to have and say, I need to have a work that I can go tour in a moment's notice I have to have a love life that uh, supports me or not have a love life entirely. I have to have some kind of economic stability to keep going on. And, you know, tough things to do in the music industry, even because there's a lot of competition and there's little demand. So you got to race. Well, I could definitely tell you that you guys are going to live on forever in this Rage Against the Mainstream podcast uh, (laughs) interview folder that I have here on my hard drive. (laughs) no but that that's awesome um i guess to kind of wrap this thing up man put a nice little bow on it the last thing i have isn't a question 
Um, okay. This is your chance to plug yourself. Where can people find you guys on social media? What's next okay. for the band? What's next for you? Um, now that you guys, you know, aren't on lockdown anymore, what what's next for shows, tours, you know, everything? This is your chance to tell everybody whatever you want. Okay, lovely. So my name is Richard. Uh, I have a two-piece rock and roll metal funk band with uh, my buddy Eduardo on the drums. Our name is Radius. Where can you find us? You can find us on Spotify, just E-R-A-D-I-U-S, Eradius, and you can see all the latest things that we've done there. What we're going to be doing in the future is releasing continuous singles to then release an EP of a bundle of singles with a plus of two songs by the end of like April next year, that kind of stuff. So that's the new stuff they're going to be waiting for. There's a new music video clip that's going to be coming out on October on Radius Official on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook as well because we do live interviews of people that collaborate with us. So music producers, artists, other bands, other communities. We're going to restart doing those. Some are in English, some are in Italian. So we do these kind of podcasts. If you want to learn Italian, go listen to this podcast. What are you waiting for? <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. That's where you can find us. Spotify, we're going to be releasing a couple of new things in October and then December. And then we're going to just keep on going on. Touring-wise, we're hoping to get in America next summer, if possible, spring, and depending on how the lockdown thing comes down. So hold your horses, and uh, we'll be there. We'll get to you somehow. That's awesome, man. I want to thank you again for coming on. <laughs> this was... Thank you, man. This was like the... I don't know, like... uh I'm not going to say like other interviews, like make it seem like it's longer than what it was, but it almost feels like we just started a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, (laughs) same thing for me, man. It's like, I was, it's like, I was messaging you earlier. I was like, you know, I just, I have always wanted these things just to be free flowing and have it be like a nice conversation, you know, no, uh, kind of thing that we, that we all, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm kind of advantaged here because you, you didn't pick someone that maybe doesn't do those things, these things very, very often because I mean, in the lockdown, everyone was doing nothing. They were doing, I mean, not doing anything on the streets. Everything was at home. So yeah. what we started doing, we said, let's work at home. So that gave us a moment of pause from whatever we're doing because we weren't working to focus on the social skills that we had. And so we built the podcast. We were doing one podcast of one hour every week with different people. Um, I was doing for my English school a lot of video kind of stuff, video lessons, lessons online, and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, when you have a podcast, it's nice. I also like to like start with a little bit of questions, but then go with the flow. I mean, whatever comes up, comes up, and we'll talk about it for whatever the time it is. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, it, it's just... I don't know, like doing something like this, man, I don't ever want it to feel like forced where it's like, okay, yeah, well, I have yeah, to read yeah. off this list and I can't skip any questions and yeah, yeah you know, yeah. that whole thing. But, um, uh, I definitely want to, um, I want to definitely check out your guys' podcast. Um, 
and you know it's italian so i mean if you feel like uh, diving into that some most of them are done in italian but we also did an interview with uh, chris as well oh did you and, uh yeah and we also did an interview with a, um, a swedish artist that paints uh paintings for us uh here in italy and we talked in english and it was a nice interview as well Oh, nice. You can, find, you can find them all on Facebook. They're all there to, to, to watch, and we're going to briefly starting doing them again. We're thinking of going a little bit more like interviewing other bands and getting to know the other underground scene. So, Hey, that's we'll awesome. That. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it definitely seems like you guys are definitely pulling like the music scene community together there in Verona. and uh, As much as possible. Yeah, as much as possible. I mean, if, you know, if the generation after this don't remember you for the band, they're definitely going to remember you guys for basically creating and keeping a scene together, which I think might even be more, you know, impressive than any amount of music that anybody could put out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what remains because I, I'd like to, I remember when I was in Verona and I started getting into music scene, there were a couple of names and the thing is it was so incredible there was this band. I had no idea who they were, but that there was this band that was a rock and roll three piece and they were called Nexus and they were really cool. They did rock and roll stuff. They went around all Europe and as well, there was another one called quiet confusion and they both got signed to labels. One of them to Sony. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's where you want to go and everything. And then he disappeared. <laughs> like usually that's what happens. Uh, then, you know, you get to know these these things. And then I found out that the guy that was playing bass and sometimes guitar was the seller of musical instruments in the music stop here in, in the music shop in Verona. And so we got to know each other. And now, I mean, we're friends. And sometimes we see each other in the center of Verona and we stay up together until four in the morning playing in his um, rehearsal room in the in a place near here near Verona. I mean... And I'm like, this is the guy that when I was small, I was like, oh, I want to do that stuff. And now he's here playing the drums with me. And I'm like, <laughs> if I can leave that to someone, that is that is already an accomplishment. That's already passing down, you know, the line. That's yeah. the thing. It's it's all about everything coming full circle. Yeah, yeah. There you go. As we said at the beginning, yeah, just full circle. Yeah, all that's, around. That's awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. And. Like I said before, man, I want to thank you for coming on, and you've been an inspiration to me. Oh, nah, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in, in all seriousness, I mean, I uh, I'm excited to see all the things that are going to come forth for you guys, and you know, all the stuff, the, all the good things that are going to happen to you guys. I am, uh, I am definitely on board the uh, the radius train. Lovely, thank you very much, man. All right, everybody. Then. <laughs> Once again, man, thank you for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. Have a good one, man. See ya. This is Richard from uh, Iradius Rock Band here in Italy. You're listening to Rage Against the Mainstream podcast. Uh, this is our new song, Give It To Me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I know I'm into you. I stay all day Behind the bathroom door Right near the kitchen sink That's where I wash my hands What did you think? In my mind I 
picture you. Oh.